this morning as we get into the word, I'm just going to say the worship team was ready. Okay. <laughs> the worship team was ready. They came ready for battle. As soon as I walked in, I was like, I should have worn some fatigues. <laughs> because the word really co coordinates with the attire and with the presence of what they, of what they sung. Victory. Amen. We want to see Jesus. Amen. We want him to fight our battles. And so I'm excited this morning because it just brings me confirmation because I was just struggling this week with the word, just struggling with my flesh. And just to come in and just see the droplets of confirmation from the Lord, it just warms my heart. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we are going to get right into the word this morning. Hallelujah. Just want to remind you to just bring your donations this week. Make sure you get them to us no later than Wednesday because we have to pre-pack the um, care packages for our outreach on Saturday and we want to make sure that uh, don't bring them last minute don't don't bring them the day of because that just causes uh, a, a little whirlwind to start but just have your um, have all of your donations here if you don't want to go to the store you can just write on your offering envelope this is a donation to the outreach ministry and we can go out and purchase anything that we're lacking amen but we want to invite you all out to, to just let's go out and minister together. Let's go out and impact this world together. Amen. It just so happens that the place that we're going to is the place where restoration started. It is, they've, they've torn down the building. It's now the Martin Luther King Library. But it used to be the city and county building of Denver. And we were there for several years. That's where our ministry of restoration got started. So it's exciting to go back and minister in, this, in, our, in our beginnings. Amen. Amen. Let's just look to the Lord for a word of prayer. Father God, I just bless you this morning. I just cannot explain or express how much I love you. God, you are so good to us. God, we just thank you, Lord, for this season in our lives, God. We thank you for the word that is coming forth in the house, Father God. Father God, it is a word of revelation. It is a word of preparation, God, for all that you're about to do. God, you are awakening this world. You are awakening the church. You are awakening your people, Father, because the bridegroom cometh, God. Father God, you are coming soon to return, and you are asking us, God, to prepare ourselves, to consecrate ourselves, God, and to keep our eyes on you. So, Father God, we lift our eyes to you this morning, Lord. We fix them on you. Lord, there is nothing that this broken vessel can say. So I ask that you fill me, God. For you know my iniquities, you know my shortcomings, you know my sins. Father God, you know me from head to toe. But within all of that, Father God, is your precious Holy Spirit. So I ask that it just rise up today, Lord, and you speak to your people, Lord. Through this vessel, God, I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Just say V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Man, that thing got me wound up. Victory. Hallelujah. Victory. Amen. And we are going to talk about victory this morning. Hallelujah. So what a coincidence. Not a coincidence. That's just a God moment. Amen. Amen. So last week, 
We are still talking about Joshua. We're still talking about the crossover. We're still talking about that, that momentous uh, crossover into Canaan, into the promised land. And so this morning, I want to talk to you. Last week, I talked to you about Luke because I want to kind of parallel it um, because it just wasn't a story that happened in the Old Testament. It also reoccurred in the New Testament, and it is reoccurring today. Amen. We are in a Joshua season. We are in a moment and a movement where God is awakening his people. God is trying to bless his people. God is trying to get us crossed over into our promised land because God wants to do do for us what he did for the people of old. And so that's exciting in itself, amen, that God still loves his people and still cares for his people. So last week we talked about, um, in Luke 5, 1, we talked about uh, Peter and, and Simon Peter and the encounter that he had with Jesus. Now, he didn't know Jesus personally, but he got to know him during a situation where him and his, his boys were out fishing, hadn't caught anything. They're cleaning their nets, and here comes Jesus and this crowd pressing him. And so he pretty much puts himself on Peter's boat and asks Peter to launch out so that he could speak to the people. And after he, be, after he ministered to the people, he asked Peter to launch out even further. He said, go out into the deep and drop your nets for a catch. And if you read that story and you just continue to look at the obedience, that it wasn't a question for Peter. Peter obeyed everything that God had told him to do. He followed the rules, amen. And with that, a, a, a major blessing uh, became was, was brought out of that story, so much, that, so much so that it touched the heart of Peter, James, and John so much that when they got back to the shore, they just dropped their nets, they, dropped, they left the fishing boat, they left the equipment, they left everything to follow Jesus because Jesus said, I want to make you fishers of men. Amen? He says, you don't have to do what you're doing anymore. I want you to do something different. I want you to become a fisher of men. And God is calling us today to be fishers of men. Amen? Hallelujah. So as we look at that, it's just a miraculous story. And I can just imagine that the church, the, the people, the, the followers of Christ were just astonished. You know, pastor's big word was always, wow, wow. So I can imagine as, as, as Jesus was ministering throughout the territories that the people were just, you know, people were flocking to, the, to his church, which was outdoors, amen, which was not caught up in a building, not caught up in rules and rituals and religion and choirs walking down the aisle and Women's Day and Men's Day and all the stuff that we, we've created as a religion. But they were simply out in the countryside. They were amongst the cities. They were walking through the streets proclaiming the word of the Lord. And I believe that's what God is calling us to do, is to get out of these buildings. That's why we're in a pandemic. Get out of the building. Get, go, go outside and minister. So I'm looking forward to the per church picnic. We're going to baptize. We're going to touch. We're going to sing. We're going to dance. We're just going to have a good time and invite our community to see what we're all about. We're about restoration. We're about restoring people to their rightful position in Christ. Amen? So you know, let, let us be ready. Let us get prepared to do all that God has called us to do. So as Jesus' ministry is growing, it's the beginning of his ministry, and it is growing like wildfire. I mean, you know, I, I, I guess, what, what do you call them? The, um, the runners, the people, the, the heralds, the heralds, we're running from town to town, city to city, providence to providence, 
telling of the miracles, the signs and wonders that were taking place, and the whole country began, began, began to become a buzz of what this man named Jesus was doing. We have got to, we have got to get excited, amen? We don't have heralds today. We have CNN, okay? When you watch CNN, I'm telling you, you will get more information that you ever need. Oh, my goodness. And so, you know, but CNN's news is not the news that we want to hear. We want to hear the good news of Jesus, amen. We want to spread the good news of Jesus. So God is challenging us and proclaiming to us, spread my love, spread my gospel, share your story, share your testimony, and let's, let's affect this world, amen. Because CNN will offer you everything. I mean, it will just, I, when we were going last year, I had gotten on overload with CNN, with the pandemic, with the fires, with the political uproar. And I mean, it really began to, mess with my mind. It really began to, you know, socially divide me. I was getting angry with, with, uh, with my Caucasian uh, friends. I was, you know, I was just feeling like, what in the world? But I, then I began to realize, you know what, because you're feeding your soul, you're taking this, some of this for truth. Some of it is truth, some of it isn't truth, but you've got to, you've got to watch what you intake because it will make you, it will make you begin to feel and act in a way that you really aren't designed to, that you really don't want to. But when you're, when you're taking someone else's opinion, you're listening to hatred, you're listening to, to uh, our people being demoralized, people being treated wrong, it begins to affect you personally. So I had to get into a quiet pace and ask God, I said, God, now I know that all folks aren't this bad. I know that, you know, I know that you're in control and I need you to help me understand this. I don't, I, don't, I don't get the political, I don't get the Democratic, Republican mindsets. They're both wrong, amen. Everybody should have a mindset, that of Christ. But it was beginning to affect me. And one day, I was walking in my neighborhood, and we have a group of ladies that are always walking, and this young lady, Debbie, stopped me and she said, hey, I've been meaning to ask you, would you come to our Bible study group? And I was like, oh, sure, of course, sure. You know, and she says, every time I pass you, the Lord just tells me, invite her to the Bible study group, invite her to the Bible study group. And so I was like, yeah, that'll be great. And so the name of the group is Lift. So I started attending, and this is right in the midst of turmoil. I mean, you know, the world is upside down, black folks mad at white folks, white folks mad at Mexican folks, everybody mad. And so um, going there, I was just like, it was just a different environment for me. Not a bad environment, but it was just a different situation. And the Spirit of the Lord just kept telling me, these women love you. These women will help you. You know, and he just began to, to just tell me, you know, stick in there. You know, become friends. Don't let politics divide you. Don't let anything divide you. So we began to grow a healthy, beautiful relationship. Just sharing the word, coming together, going out to lunch, and just really getting to know them. And so when Pastor passed away, they were the first on call. One of them had drove by and saw the medical units and texted me, is everything okay? What's going on? And they have been with me through all of this. And so this past week, um, they came and cut my grass. I mean, you know, if you knew where I lived, that's a big chore, okay? I don't have a little yard. And they came and they cut my grass. They um, bring me food. They bring me uh, a basket of bath salts and everything out of just, just the love of God. Just, I mean, just pure relationships. And so I'm saying that whatever you hear or whatever you think about your office mate or your neighbor or whatever it is, there's a blessing inside of it once you walk in obedience to God, once you begin to say, you know what, God? 
I'm gonna put off all of my upbringing. I'm just gonna come straight for it. We're gonna sit at the table, we're gonna drink coffee, and we're gonna open up the Word of God. And the Word of God is what unifies us, amen? So this morning, as we open up the Word, if you would open up your Bibles to Joshua chapter six, verses one and five, <clears throat> and I'm still in the theme, it's time to do something different. And I'm gonna add to that, repent, be obedient, and follow the instructions, amen? Amen. 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 So here we are in chapter six, verses one through five. I might read a little more for context, but let me just go ahead and read it. It says, now Jericho was shut up inside and out. Because Because of the people of Israel, no one went in, no one went out and no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho unto your hand and its kings and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, going around the city once. This you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall shall bear seven trumpets of rams, ram horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone, straight before them. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing and reading of his word. So this morning, we want to talk about the siege. Amen. We want to talk about the triumphant victory that the Israelites were able to accomplish due to their obedience. So as you read the pretext of the story, you see where they were captured, you know, they were in bondage for 40 years. They, God, God watched over them. God makes a way for them to cross over to the Jordan. He tells them to keep their eyes fixed on the ark and that he, would, he, would, he was going to deliver him. It wasn't a, I might deliver you or you're on your own, but he told them that deliverance was theirs. And so, as a people of God, we've got to understand that deliverance is ours. Deliverance has already, whatever your issue is, the deliverance part has already taken place in the realm of the spirit. Amen? It's our obedience that manifests it. So we've got to learn to be obedient. And so, um, my main ideal today is when you obey the commandments of the Lord, victory will follow. Amen? When you obey the commandments of the Lord, Victory will follow. Victory is mine, says the Lord. Victory is yours, says the Lord. So obedience to God will cause you, will cause your enemies to scatter. Everybody know that? That your obedience to God will cause your enemies to scatter. So we got to look at some things. We got to understand why it's so hard to be obedient. I'm telling you, yesterday I had the toughest time. Just sit down, Katani, get in the presence of the Lord, and just, you know, allow him to speak. So I got up early and um, began, you know, preparing my sermon because I'm trifling. I mean, the Lord spoke to me on Monday. I waited till Saturday uh, because busyness and other things were more important to me. You know how we do. (laughs) And so um, I got up, 
And the enemy immediately began to oppress me. I mean, just twirling things in my head, da-da-da-da-da. And I was just like, oh, gosh, you know, okay, let me take a break. Take a break. Break is longer than it needed to be. Um, and so when I finally sat down, it was, I'm not going to tell you what time it was. <laughs> it was. The sun had gone down. The sun had gone down. And I was um, really just beginning to press into God. And, and the enemy was just in my head. I mean, like he was, he was duking it out with me. And um, I just began, you know, reading, just kept reading and just preparing and asking the Lord to, uh, to help me. And God told me, he says, I'm here. It's your obedience. You want to go and you want to watch the runners run on the Olympics. You want to do this. You want to, you know, go out and water the garden. You know, you're just doing stuff. And I'm just like, Tani, go sit down. Um, and missing the opportunity to spend quality time with God. And so when I finally got myself settled and, and, down, and sat down, the Lord just began to talk to me. And I just began to ask him, you know, I'm in my little whining mode, like, I miss Pastor, and I'm doing all this. And the Lord began to talk to me and says, your problem is your obedience. Your problem is just simple, flat obedience. And, you know, I began to say, but God, you know, I know. And I know, I, <laughs> tag, I'm it. I understand that I, I struggle with obedience. I understand that my brain you know, as soon as I try to get into the presence of God, and I'm sure you all deal with this too, that the enemy just brings everything out. He's bringing memories from, you know, memories that you can barely even remember. Like, why is that in my head? He's doing everything to distract you to get, to get away from the word, to get away from the word of God because he does not want us to become obedient. That is his number one, <laughs> that is his number one target or his number one arrow. If I can just keep them in disobedience, I got him. And so we've got to learn as Christians how to be obedient to the word of God. This, this Bible, your Bible, tells you everything you need to do. Outlines, it gives you stories, gives you details. You know, you can read it. At, at some of these stories are like a soap opera. You know, they're just like, you can just sit up here and read and read and read story after story after story of how men failed and then how men were obedient to God. And in this time, I believe God is saying, I have got to bring my people to a place and a, and a, and a point of obedience because what I'm about to do They've never walked this way before, just like he told Joshua. Just like he told Peter and, and, and James and John, follow me. We're going to do something different. God is telling the church of today, follow me. We're going to do something different. But it's going to take your obedience. Amen? So uh, the prerequisite for, for Israelites crossing Jordan and inhabiting Canaan uh, were consecration. We spoke about that circumcision, we spoke about that, and the celebration of the Passover. So if you need to refresh yourself, just go back and read chapter 5. And so we all know what consecration means. That means to get into the presence of God, to, to pour out our hearts, to consecrate ourselves before the holy God. And we know that circumcision means not only is it a, a, a bodily uh, surgical procedure for a man, but when, in this context, God is saying it was he had to circumcise the men for war, but it was also a circumcision of our heart. Circumcising those places, those things that hold us back, that, 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 that it, bring, it, it, it causes us not to be all that God has us to be. It, it, um, 
It blocks the life out of us. And then when they crossed over, they had celebrated the Passover, celebrated communion, which they had not done in the, in the entire 40 years that they were in the wilderness. So the results were the crossing of Jordan and inhabiting the land of, of, of Canaan. Because they were obedient and doing these things, obedience then became a blessing because they had made it over the Jordan River at the time of, of, of when the snow was melting. I mean, God had stopped the water. God allowed them to cross over. Everything they did and the blessings they received were all because they were obedient to the word of God. So now the Israelites are, begin, are getting ready to begin their second um, phase. And so the angel of the Lord meets Joshua and he gives him specific instructions of what, he, what God was about to do. And Joshua fell to his feet and said, you know, I'm ready. I, I obey. I, I surrender to the words that you're saying. We've got to understand that when the presence of the Lord is, is in our rooms, in our homes, in our God, that we need to stop, stop and realize that the holy God is speaking to us. Amen? That God is trying to get our attention. I just asked myself this morning, like, what if you had just stop the foolery and just laid before the Lord. What would he have done? What would he have said to me? You know, what opportunities did I miss because I wanted to do me? I'm not talking to myself. I know, <laughs> amen. You just touch yourself, say, yep, I understand. Because, you know, when God is speaking to you, it is here. It's just, I just sometimes just don't understand. Like, why don't you just stop and allow God to speak, allow God to do what he wants to do. You've been praying for breakthroughs. You've been praying for this. You've been praying for that. And that might have been the opportunity that you were healed. That might have been the moment that God wanted to do something for you, but you'd rather do you than do him. And so they had come to the conclusion that God had blessed them. They had seen enough of his glory and power to stay in the obedience, to walk in obedience. So now the Israelites are about to go and take over Jericho. They're about to um, con just conquer it um, and defeat it. Uh, but but there were, this, was the, this was their first battle. This was their first assignment um, as they had reached over into the promised land. So I just have to ask you, what, what is it that God is calling you to conquer? Amen? What is God asking you and asking, and asking you to consecrate yourself asking you to circumcise yourself, ask, asking you to observe his rituals and observe his words, what is it that God is preparing you to conquer? Because he's, he wants to, he, I'm telling you, I already said it, your deliverance is already there. So whatever battle you're in, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your job, whether it's an addiction, what, whatever you need to conquer, it's already in you, amen? Because the Holy Spirit resides in you. You've already defeated it in the, in, the, in the spiritual. You just have to learn to walk it out in the natural. And that's what God was telling the Israelites. I've already prepared it. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, just, just follow what, I, what I'm telling you. Be obedient in what I'm telling you, and you will get through it. So what is your battle? Just, you know, bring it into your forefront. Don't say it out loud because you don't want folks looking around like, what? No, just... Just know, just know what your battles are. Just know what your strongholds are. Know what those deep secrets are, those things that got you, that got you wrapped up. 
And God's, God is saying this morning that he is here today to deliver us. So they were given instructions that they are to march around the city for seven days, seven being the number of completion, amen? Uh, with the priest carrying trumpets of ram horns, along with the Ark of the Covenant, amen? The Ark of the Covenant was the box. It was, it was the place where God, God resided. It was, it was the deutimus. It was everything. It was the power that sustained them as a nation. It was, it was their secret weapon. So you have a secret, secret weapon within you, and it's called the Holy Spirit. If you are born again, you have a secret weapon. Amen? You have an Ark of the Covenant within your heart. And so the Ark is an important piece in this battle. Uh, it represents the presence of God going before them and preparing the way of victory. So on the seventh day, they are to march around, the, around seven times. Then on the seventh time, when they hear the sound of the trumpet, they, the people were to give a loud cry and the walls would fall down. Once that happened, Joshua, Joshua gave the people specific instructions on what to touch and not to touch. <laughs> when they entered the city. So when this victory happened, I'm pretty sure they were like, oh, wow, look at us, you know, we did this. And Joshua had given them, don't touch nothing. This is what you're allowed to do. This is the way you're gonna act when we go into this city. This is what God has called us to do. So we'll talk next week about Achan, the one who decided to do what he wanted to do, you know, acting like me. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and do what I wanna do. But in this battle of Jericho, um, Jericho was a fortified city. Just, it wasn't, a, it, it wasn't a big city at all. I had the opportunity in, I think it was like maybe 2016, 17, to go to Italy. We went on a little girl's trip to Italy. And we went and visited some of the ancient ruins, some of the uh, ancient ruins of Pompeii. And then there was another, I don't remember what the other one was. And we actually walked through this city. And I mean, I was just amazed. There, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a huge city, but it was fortified. And so it had been ruined by a volcano. A, a volcano had uh, exploded and, and, and covered the city. So they were, they were out there um, digging and, you know, they've got, gotten a lot of pro progress in, um, re-digging, re <laughs> re digging this city up and, and I mean there are artifacts, there are, you know, you can actually see where people are, what position they died in when the um, earthquake came. They're still, um, it, it's just a very preserved city. But as you know, you're walking through it, you know, you can just see how, it sits, it sits against the Mount, I think it's, I don't remember, Mount, it starts with a B, anyway, Vicinius, yeah. And, um, it's so fortified, you can see where no one really could get in and no one could really get out without being seen because in Italy, even as we were um, you know, taking tours, there were forts, there were massive stone forts out on the hills of the ocean that overlooked everything so you couldn't, you couldn't get into the bay without being seen. You couldn't bring a ship in there, you couldn't bring a boat in there because they had the warriors on the watch wall. Everybody, you saw who came in and you saw who came out. So Jericho was like that. It was a fortified city. Not only was it fortified, it had rigorous um, caves and, and, and mountains around it. It was, no one could really get in and out without knowing it, you know. 
people, when you went in, you, you, really, you really had to sneak in. And it's amazing because God already had already broken, <laughs> broken through when he had sent the spies over um, earlier to check it out. So here it is, this fortified city that no one can get into and no one can get out of. And there might be some situations in your heart. There might be some things that you, you have, have unforgiven. I mean, you have fortified it like I'm never speaking to her. I'm never going to do this again. You know, we've, we've, we've fortified ourselves and blocked ourselves in because we've been hurt, we've been abused, we've been mistreated, or whatever the situation is, you know, when you get mad, you're like, okay, I'm going to lay out a bray of bricks. And by the time you're done with that person, you got a wall up like they gonna, a pick, <laughs> an axe, a sledgehammer or whatever. I don't know how they're going to get through this because I cut you off. I'm done with you. I have nothing else to say. We're not even going to discuss this. So, it was, so we got to make sure that we are not fortifying our walls, amen, <laughs> but that we are allowing the Holy Spirit to be the one that takes them down, allowing the Holy Spirit to be the one that helps us through these things. But Jericho was a fortified city. And so as they begin to, um, to begin their journey, Joshua, Joshua gives the, the um, instructions to the men. He gives instructions to the mighty warriors. And so let's just take a look at that. The... Um, First instruction was that the army was to march around the city, which was about 650 yards, once a day for six days, serving notice to the divine king and was marking out the city as his. Jericho's king, Jericho's king and his forces resisted Israel, but they were impotent as Satan and his host for, before Christ and his church. So here you have these Israelites, about 40,000 men. <laughs> I mean, they, they got the trumpets, they got the Ark of the Covenant, they have the weapons, and they simply enter into, they just walk around the city. They didn't want to get in the city. God didn't tell them, you know, go in and just, you know, tear things up. And they just quietly, silently walk around the city saying nothing, not saying a word. And you can imagine that <laughs> the whole force of Jericho was there. The, the mighty, violent men of Jericho, they were, they were swarded up, <laughs> they were arrowed up, they were ready for battle, they were on the watchtowers. But within their hearts, they had already seen the victory <laughs> of what God had already done, what God had, had the, 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 the crossing of, a, of the Jordan River. They had seen all that God had done. They had heard the stories of the Red Sea where, Mo where Moses parted the Red Sea. They knew that the favor of God was upon them. But they were ready. They were ready. They were ready for battle. And I can imagine that they were just looking like, what are these crazy Christians doing? Like, are you serious right now? You know, as they just walked around day by day, walking around the wall. Um, but they, they were obedient. That was their first test of obedience, was to walk around the wall. Then the second instruction was that seven priests were to bear seven trumpets, of ram horns before the ark signaled the start of a holy war. The ark, the ark is God's holy throne. So what did they do? They set the worshipers out before them. <laughs> the worshipers with their ram horns. I mean, if you've ever heard the, the sound of a ram horn when played correctly, I mean, it is just a beautiful thing. So the, they, they, they send the ram horns out before them, which symbolizes we're going to worship 
we're going to worship through this battle. Amen. Sometimes in life, you just got to worship through it. Sometimes you got to stop trying to figure it out and just begin to worship God. Amen. And then the presence of God was with them. The Ark of the Covenant was following them. They already won. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's like our Titanic, you know, whatever the missiles. I mean, you got, the, you got praise and worship, and you have the power of, of God with you. So there was, the victory was already theirs. They just had to walk the process out. And so the uh, third instruction was that the seven priests were to march seven times on the seventh day. The number, the number seven is repeated three times. So um, God was saying, you know what? I work in divine order. <laughs> so this is what I want you to do. And it might have sound kind of crazy. I'm sure Joshua was like, what? <laughs> we going to do what? But God said, if you follow my order, as crazy as it seems, as out of character as it seems, as you have to process it. You know, I'm sure... We have to process things. God will tell us to do crazy things. I know God has told me, you know, just go do this. Um, wait, hold up. First of all, they hurt me. Why I got to be the one to apologize first? Why I got to do this? Why I got to do that? You know, so we have to understand that, you know, God will tell you to do some things that may sound or seem crazy in your mind, but God is saying, I don't care how crazy it seems or how crazy it sounds, be obedient to my word. I remember when we first, uh, in our earlier days in the ministry, we were right down the street by Hoops Park, and um, we were looking for a permanent building. And this, this building that we're sitting in used to be an old Cup USA, and there was a Cubs food down the way, vacant. And I remember the word of the Lord just coming to us, and Pastor and I were over here almost daily. I would come down here, have lunch, sit in the parking lot, and just pray about this land. And the word of the Lord has said, this, this, is your, this is your territory. This is where I'm going to plant you. And so we engaged the congregation. We would come down. The prayer ministry would walk seven times. You know, we were following. They would walk around the building. We would put, this, oil has, this building has been slapped with oil. This building has had tongues laid over it, spoken over it. We were just so wanting, you know, the word of the Lord to come forth. But we had to be obedient in all we did. So one day, Pastor and I were sitting out in the parking lot, and a young man pulls up, and he opens, you know, he opens up the door, and he's like, oh, somebody's there. Let's go see. That must be the owner. So we come in, and this place was, uh, it was totally trash. It was filthy mess. And we begin to engage the owner, whose name is John Andrianikis. And you know, Pastor, he can talk to me out of a cat. So he was talking to him and, and just telling him, you know, the vision of what we wanted to do, da-da-da-da-da. And John was like, that's beautiful. That sounds great. But I'm a businessman. I'm about money. So let's, you know, let's talk finances. I was like, we ain't got no money. We have no money. We just trust God, and this is what God has told us. And he, John's looking at him like, you don't have no money. <laughs> okay, have a good day, basically. But a few days later, John calls pastor and says, you know what? I don't know what it is, but all night I could not sleep. He said, I believe God kept me up. All I could think about was what you were telling me. So let's meet and talk. 
Do you know that that man led us in here with zero dollars and zero cents? I mean, money was taken off the table because we were obedient to what God was saying, that our victory was already set in place, and all God had to do was just tweak John's heart, and we began to become, we, we began to inhabit this land, this building. And we came in and we built it out. What you see now is not what, what it was then. And it was only a few months, maybe about, I don't even know if it was a year later, John comes in the office and he walks in to Pastor Gilbert's office and he said, man, I don't know what it is about you people, but God kept me up all night. And I, he told me to come bring this to you. He walks in with the deeds to this building, the deeds to the nine acre land, the deeds to two of the lots out here that we own and says, God told me to give this to you. Okay. Now that's nothing but a God. That's nothing but a God work. So he gave us the land. He leased, he, he became the banker for this building. Instead of us having to go out and find financing to purchase this building, he said, I will be your banker. I will be your real estate person. And he began to, so now we pay him. We pay our, we pay, he owns this, he owns all the red top of this building and we pay him. But we could never have gotten that deal through a bank. You know, we would never have gotten it because the bank would have looked at us and said, you don't have no capital. You don't have no money, so I don't know how you're going to do this. And John was like, I know you all don't have no money. He's a multi, 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 multi-millionaire. And he said, so I'll be your bank. When you are obedient to the word of God, God will prove himself. Amen? Circumcise yourself, consecrate yourself, and be obedient to the thing God has because God is ready to do it again. Amen? God is ready to do it again. He's ready to do it for me. He's ready to do it for you. God wants us to live as we are more than conquerors. So as we're looking at this, this passage, the third instruction, did I give the third one? Yes. So the fourth instruction was that the people were to give an earth-shaking shout when they heard the last blast of the horn, that they gave, um, that they gave a, loud, a loud screaming hollering shout uh, with their voice to show their faith, with their faith. I want you to shout already like you are already in victory. I want you to holler like you have lost your mind, amen? I want you to act like you just won the mega million lottery because everything you need and everything you, you, you are, are asking for has been supplied and so God says, I'm the deliverer, amen? I delivered Moses, I delivered, um, I mean, you just go through the Bible and you just see how many times God loved on his people and then delivered them. And he delivered them again, and he delivered them again, and God is showing that I am the deliverer. I am the divine one, I am the holy one. I am the one who sacrificed my life for you on the cross. I want to deliver you again, amen? He wants to deliver us again. 2020, 2021 has been a nightmare in the earthly realm, amen? Just crazy. This morning when I got up, I didn't really read the whole thing, but 
over in Afghanistan, they then took over another territory. I mean, things are just going amok. We go outside, we got smoke from California. You know, things are just going crazy. And God is like, but I'm ready to deliver you. Because anytime God's ready to deliver you, the enemy is going to fight back. He's going to fight back with everything. He's going to bring no holes barred on what he's going to do. So he's uprooted our lives. He's uprooted our social distancing, our socializations. He's done a lot. But God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to deliver you. I am the deliverer. And just like he delivered them, he's going to deliver us. And so they were to, they were to make an earth-shouting cry at, the, at the, the, sound, the blow of the last trumpet. And they did that. And then the fifth commandment, was that each warrior was to attack the city straight ahead after the walls fell um, and consume the city, but don't touch the devoted things. <laughs> so God is telling us this morning in this passage of scripture that when we are obedient to him and we follow the instructions, victory is ours, amen? Victory is ours. And so whatever you are facing today, Whatever you are going through, whatever your woes and worries and situations may be, God is saying, consecrate yourself, amen? Worship me. Invite the Holy Spirit in to this place and to your heart and see what I can do. I just believe that God is about to do some profound, profound things. He has been speaking to me just about, you know, and I just, I always, when I read the scripture, I always parallel it to, to, to what the situation of where we're at today, what we're going through today. And I believe that God is about to do some beautiful, wonderful things for us, amen? I believe the bridegroom is calling his, his bride to prepare himself, to, pre to, prepare, to prepare ourselves, amen? I'm not saying that God's coming back and the rapture's about to happen, but I am saying that God is calling us to prepare room because the bridegroom is coming, hallelujah, that God is ready to reveal himself in profound ways, just like he did in the, in, in, throughout the Bible, just like he did for Joshua, just like he did for Moses, just like he did for Abraham, just like he did for all the saints, even crossing that over into the New Testament. God is about to show us miracles, signs and wonders. We will see people healed, amen? We will see people restored. You can be restored, you can be healed, and guess what the vehicle is that's going to carry it out? It's you, hallelujah, it's you. <laughs> it's you that will lay hands, it's you that will heal, it was you that will do more of these things. God, Jesus said, better than, more than these you will do. We should be, the church should be healing. The church should be laying hands on sick. The church should be evangelizing this world, amen? Not going in and trying to grab, <coughs> not going in and trying to become like the world, not trying to get the big fancy houses, big fancy jobs, big fancy cars. Those things are beautiful, and God may allow you to achieve that, but the number one thing he wants you to achieve is his presence, is obedience to him, Amen? So let's make it, a, make it a goal that we will be obedient to God. That's all he's calling for, obedience. Mm, it's tough 
because his flesh enjoys what his flesh does. But God is just saying, if you simply circumcise yourself, consecrate yourself, and invite me in, and daily, daily, it's not a one-time, it's not a one-time consecration. You will see that because the Israelites would get high on the spirit, do what they do, puff out their chest, and then they would fall. If we walk in humility, if we walk in the glory and honor of God, victory, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, victory is ours. Amen? Amen. God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for the word, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, that you watch over us. We thank you that you love us, Father God. We thank you, God, that we are not alone. Father, even when the enemy backs us into a corner, God, and we feel like no one cares, not even you, God. Your word says that we are not alone. Father God, your word says that we are overcomers, that we are victorious, God, that we are more than conquerors, Jesus. So Father God, just as you laid out in Joshua, the steps of obedience are crucial for us today, Lord that you want us to cross over our Jordans, God, that you want us to defeat, Father God, all of the battles before us, that you want us to worship you, God, that you want your presence to be with us. So this morning, God, we just lay it down to you. (laughs) Father God, we thank you that we are more than victorious through you, God. Hallelujah, God. We just worship you this morning. Just lift your hands, stand before the presence of God, and just begin to receive what he has for you. Amen. What he wants to do through you. He's already whispered it in your ear. He's already told you. Begin to walk in your victory. Begin to imagine yourself out of debt. Amen. Begin to imagine your your home restored. Begin to imagine your marriage restored. Amen. Begin to imagine that business that has been in your heart coming to fruition. Everything that God has already promised us is in our hearts. All we have to do is walk it out. Hallelujah. Allow him to deliver us from ourselves as we are obedient to him. Amen. Father God, we bless you this morning. And we thank you, men. Thank you, God. If there's anyone that has heard this word and wants to know this personal Lord and Savior as yourself, maybe you just need to rededicate your life. Maybe you're like me and walk more in disobedience than obedience. You can just come to this altar and stand this morning and just begin to just release it to the Lord. Amen. I know that we are social distancing, but this altar. We can social distance at this altar, amen. We can get into the presence of God and allow God to do all that he's called us to be. So I'm praying for you as you pray for me that this house of restoration, amen, will walk in the obedience of God, that this house called restoration will impact their community, that this house of restoration will be a house of worship, will be a house of praise, and will be a house where the spirit of the Lord can abide. Amen. God bless you.